Still? Great morning still. Hey, uh, just a quick announcement. If someone ran out of gas in the parking lot, um, someone's outside trying to help you. They don't have keys, so uh, if you can go out there and do that, it'd be wonderful. And so while we're doing that, I'm going to ask the ushers to come. And while they're doing that, I'll just sing a little ditty, and then uh, we'll get to some word, all right? The Spirit of the Lord gives life. 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 If you know it, sing it. He comes to bring us joy and peace. 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 Do you believe it? He comes to bring us joy and peace. He comes to bring us joy and peace. Come on now. The Spirit of the Lord gives. You ought to sing it. The Spirit of the Lord gives life. The Spirit of the Lord gives. Uh huh. And He comes to bring us joy and give us joy, God. He comes to bring us joy and bring us peace. He comes. To bring us joy and one more time, the spirit of the Lord gives life. The spirit of the Lord gives life. The spirit of the Lord gives. He comes to bring us joy and peace. He comes to bring us joy and he comes to bring us joy and peace. Oh. Looks like I gotta do it one more time. He comes to bring us joy and peace. It's all right, we need more joy and peace, don't we? He comes to bring us joy and peace. He comes to bring us joy. And one more last row. The Spirit of the Lord gives life. The Spirit of the Lord. Bring us life, God. The Spirit of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, yes, happy Mother's Day. Uh, happy, day happy Mother's Day to my mama, my other mama. And my boo thing, happy Mother's Day. <laughs> and uh, so, all right, I'm sorry. All right, I'm gonna do my best to get you out in about 20 minutes. We're a little bit, uh, because of those awesome baptismal stories, we're a little bit behind schedule. Uh, so, uh, if they're clapping, yes, he'll give it his done. No, I'm kidding. All right, so you can just go right to your Bibles to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4, verses 14. And uh, yeah, those stories were amazing. 
and uh, just provoking. It's why we do what we do, to see people turn from darkness to light. Mm-hmm. And so today's message is entitled, The Spirit-Empowered Word, Being Spirit-Empowered. Luke chapter 4, verses 14. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and a report about him went out through all the surrounding country. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. He came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day. And he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and he gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Let's pray. Speak, Jesus. Amen. Last week, Doug preached a powerful truth. He said that God is in the wilderness. And it's based on the first third of Luke 4. It is the place where Jesus is fasting 40 days and nights. And afterward, in a physically weak and a hungry state, the enemy comes to tempt him. And the wilderness is a place of testing. It's a place of revealing or exposing the heart. And Jesus overcomes in the wilderness. He wins because God is with us in the wilderness. And he was with Jesus in the wilderness. Last week after Doug got finished preaching, he sat down and he says, listen, I want you to tell everybody next week that the wilderness is not your final destination. Israel, they stayed there for 40 years. It was only really supposed to be an 11-day journey to get them to the promised land because it was never God's design for them to dwell or to remain in the wilderness. Now, you'll go through it, and it will test you and prove what's in your heart, but it's not God's design for you to stay there, camp out there, live there. Go around mountains there, you know, time after time. His desire is to get you to a land of promise. And as we move to today's verses, uh, uh, I want us to think or I want us to remind us of what precipitated Luke 4 uh, in the testing of Jesus in the wilderness. And it's Luke chapter 3, verses 21, 22. And it says, now when all the people were baptized and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heavens were opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son and with you I am well pleased. At Jesus' baptism, we see the triune God. We see the voice of the father speaking love and affirmation to his son. We see the spirit remaining or the fellowship of the spirit. And, and we see Jesus, is, who is filled with grace and truth, is the recipient of the Father's love and the fellowship of the spirit. It's the Father's 
affirmation. It's the son being baptized and it's the spirit remaining. See, I believe it was knowing the love of the father that helped Jesus endure the wilderness. See, unfortunately, unfortunately, uh, we are like the children of Israel. Sometimes we think that the wilderness is an indicator of God's love. And so in the middle of the wilderness, we start questioning God's love. But listen, the wilderness is not for you to question God's love. The wilderness is to test what's in your heart. And I believe that Jesus knew he was affirmed by his father's words. It helped him defeat the enemy in the wilderness. See, it was not just the word that Jesus used to defeat the enemy. It was Jesus knew that he was loved by his father. Know this. See, the Bible says that God says and, uh, that you are my beloved son and who I am well pleased. When the enemy comes to tempt him, he says, if you be the son of God, he negated to say, if you are the loved son of God. Why? Because the devil doesn't want you to know that God loves you. So it was the love of God that helped Jesus endure, and it was also the fellowship of the Spirit. You guys with me? See, if you're not in the wilderness, one may show up. But how you will win in the wilderness is the same way that Jesus won in the wilderness. You win by the affirming words of a loving father. You win by being full of the spirit and you'll win by speaking the word. See, you must be certain. You must know for a fact that the wilderness is not your final destination. There is a Jordan to cross and a promise to be received. In fact, Paul, Paul connects the dots. He's, he, he connects the dot of a promised land and the blessing of Abraham to the promise of the Spirit. It's Galatians chapter number 3, verse 14. He says, so that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promised Spirit through faith. Now, for some of us to hear receiving the promised Spirit alarms us uh, because we attach the Holy Spirit with uh, uh, unkind labels like wacky and weird and strange. But listen, he is the spirit of truth. He is the comforter. He is the guider. He, he's the one that walks, walks alongside you. He is your advocate. He is your aid. He is not strange or weird. Now, some people may be, but he is not strange or weird. He comes that you might be empowered. Yes. Jesus said it another way in John chapter 6, I'm sorry, chapter 7, verse 38. He says, he that believes on me as the scripture shall, as said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And this he spake of the Holy Spirit who was not given yet. In other words, Jesus is like, listen, there's, there's some Holy Ghost that you need to have. You need to be empowered. Because the Spirit gives life. See, I believe that the church, this church, should be marked by a reflection of the life of Christ. We said in our mission statement, we are a mosaic striving to live like Jesus. And if we're endeavoring to live like Jesus, it must become our longing, our desire, our passionate pursuit 
to be empowered by the same spirit that Jesus was empowered by. See, we don't do this in our own strength. We do this by the wooing and the empowering of the Holy Spirit. Amen, brother. See, it's why I I, I call Jesus the spirit-empowered word. John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. But Luke connects these dots where he says, Luke tells us that Jesus was empowered by the Spirit. And if Jesus was empowered by the Spirit, how much more do we need to be empowered by the Spirit? So our pursuit, our longing, our striving is that of a person who desires to be Spirit-empowered. Verse 14, and Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee and a report about him went out through all the surrounding country. I like how the Amplified says it. Then Jesus went back full of and under the power of the Holy Spirit. The word power in the Greek is the word dunamis. We get the word dynamite from it. In other words, it's explosive power. It's miraculous power. It's miracle working power. By definition, uh, it actually means it is the potential to exert force in performing some function. What does that mean? It means that Jesus has in him the Holy Spirit's potential to perform miraculous power. Jesus has in him the potential of the Holy Spirit to perform miraculous power. The same spirit that hovered over the face of the waters is in Jesus. The soul, the the same co-creating spirit is in Jesus. The Bible says that the stars were breathed out of God's mouth, the breath, the spirit, the ruach of God. In Jesus, Jesus, Jesus is walking in unlimited power. He still has unlimited power. In fact, John 3.34 says that For he gives the spirit without measure. In other words, God didn't put a cap on it. So if God didn't put a cap on it, why are we putting a cap on it? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Verse 16, as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and he stood up to read. Now, you guys know our essentials. Gather, connect, serve, devotion, influence, and generosity. Here we see Jesus practices one of our essentials. It was Jesus' custom to go to the synagogue, or it was his custom to go to church. Take this as the love of Jesus. See, it was important to Jesus to come to church. And if it's as important to Jesus, it should be important to us because we say we're striving to live like him. See, the truth is when we come to church, we come to hear the words of Jesus. See, some of us, we live our lives. <laughs> have no faith for nothing, can't believe for nothing. Why? Because we're not getting empowered into us the word. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God or the word of Christ. We hear 
Christ's words. That's why we show up. And when two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. God shows up. When we come to church, we hear spirit-empowered words. Another way of saying that is that when we come, we experience Jesus by the activity of the Holy Spirit. And I need to experience all the spirit-empowered Jesus I can. The Bible says he stood up and he read, and he reads from Isaiah 61. In this moment, Jesus is com- he's confirming that he, is the empow- that he is empowered by the Spirit of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Notice this. Chapter 4, verse 1 says that he is filled with the Spirit, and he is led by the Spirit. Verse 14 says he is under the power of the Spirit. And verse 18 says, and the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Jesus is Spirit-empowered. Now notice that the Spirit, that the Spirit is upon Jesus for a purpose. The purpose for the Spirit to be upon you is not merely goosebumps. Because he has anointed me, anointed me, to anoint me, uh, almost uh, many scholars would say to Messiah me, or Messiah is the equivalent of, of Christ. It's the anointed one and his anointing. He is anointed. To anoint is to consecrate to a holy and sacred use. It was to assign a person to a task. And oftentimes it would be the anointing, uh, 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 they would take an anointing, uh, uh, flat, uh, anointing oil and they would pour it over the priest or the king to, uh, to say, listen, you've been appointed to this task, but not only are you appointed to this task, but you've been equipped for the task. In the anointing is the appointing and the equipping. In the anointing is the appointing and the equipping. So I anoint you king, and then I give you the ability to be king. I anoint you priest, and I give you the ability to be priest. Amen. Luke says a similar thing about Jesus. He says, Acts 10.38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, and he went about doing Good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with them. So in other words, God anointed him so he could do some good. So he was anointed to do some good. So the anointing flowed from him so that you could experience good. That you would experience healing and hope and victory. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because he anointed me to do something. For Jesus, he says, to proclaim good news to the poor. The poor need some good news. To the ones who are downtrodden, the ones who are cast down, the ones who feel hopeless, Jesus preaches good news to them and says, listen, your life is more than this moment. Sometimes the moment speaks more than Jesus, but I need you to know that Jesus is preaching good news to you. Said that there's more to life than this. It may be tough. It may be difficult. You might be in the wilderness, but listen, there's hope coming. There's joy coming. We may come in the night, but joy comes in the morning. I've got good for you. I've got good for you. I've got good for you. He says to the poor, this is not all there is. So don't think your temporary is permanent. There's more to this. 
See, Jesus, his words mean something. He just don't speak something and nothing happens. The NIV says, John 6, 63, the spirit gives life, the flesh counts for nothing. And then Jesus, the words I have spoken to you, they are full of the spirit and life. Full of spirit, full of spirit's power, having the ability to do miraculous things. So Jesus is not just giving a message of hope without instilling hope. So when he speaks, you may be downtrodden, but something's imparted in you when you hear the words of Jesus. You think, I can make it another day. You think, it ain't over to God says it's over. You think, God's going to show up somehow, some way. It ain't over. It ain't over. Because you've heard the words of Jesus and his words bring life. See, maybe you've heard it this way. Don't let your mouth write a check your bottom can't cash. See, Jesus' words, he's like his daddy. He doesn't speak without acting or promise without fulfilling. He got that like his daddy. He came to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives. He is speaking to those who are captured in the course of battle. Paul says that Jesus took captivity captive. Jesus said, so if the Son sets you free, you're free indeed. And these aren't just mere words. They are empowered words. When Jesus speaks, we can expect those who are captive to sin. You ain't got to be captive no more. Those who are captive to fear, you ain't going to be captive no more because the gospel proclaims to the bound, you can be free. So just receive it. Just receive it. Just receive his words. Just, just receive it. Hmm. If you don't believe it, ask the woman at the well. If you don't believe it, ask the woman who was caught in the very act of adultery. If you don't believe it, ask Zacchaeus. If you don't believe it, Jesus has always been snatching people out of the grips of the enemy and bringing them freedom and recovery of sight to the blind. You may have walked in this place today and you don't know what hope your tomorrow holds. You have no vision, you have no, you have no expectation, you have no direction. But listen, he restores sight to the blind. If you don't believe it, ask blind Bartimaeus, oh son of David, come, have mercy on me. That's the kind of Jesus you serve. He is a spirit-empowered Jesus. Whew, y'all all right? He says, he sets to liberty those who are oppressed. Now, uh, to be a captive is different to be, than being oppressed. To be oppressed means to be bowed down or, or to be afflicted or to be oppressed and robbed continually or oppressed and crushed continually. It means to choke. It means to, to break into pieces. John 10.10 10 says the thief only comes to kill, steal, and does that sound familiar that the enemy wants to oppress you so much that you're like, I can't even breathe. I don't feel like I can go on. 
But Jesus finishes the statement, the thief only comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. I have come that you might have access to the Father and access to the Spirit. He's a good Jesus. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, and he went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed, all who were broken, all who were crushed, all who thought that they couldn't breathe. And then he breathes his spirit on you. (laughs) And he resuscitates you. He gives you mouth to mouth. And say, hey, I got life for you. It ain't over. It ain't over. It ain't over. It ain't over. You used to be sick, but I'm curing your sickness. You used to be diseased, but I'm curing your disease. From everything, from every oppression the enemy has for you, I'm destroying his works. He's a good Jesus. He's a good Jesus. I told y'all 20 minutes, but I'm only 20 minutes now. I ain't even done yet. And y'all got to go eat Mother's Day dinner. Yeah, that's what you say. But the person next to you like, stop him now. Somebody get the Oscar music. <sighs> Verse 19, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. The year of the Lord's favor is oftentimes associated with the year of Jubilee. It's why in our current credit situation, every seven years, they call it a year of Jubilee because they forget your debts. On the 50th year, they release all the slaves. They release you from your debts. So Jesus is now announcing to you that you have entered into the age of God's pleasure. Into the age of God's favor. Remember what I told you a few weeks ago, that favor and God's presence are synonymous. You have entered into the age of God's presence, Emmanuel, God with us. You're not out here by yourself. You ain't out here on your own. And then he says, hey, I must go to my father, but I'm going to leave you with someone just like me, the comforter. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the ages. I'm leaving myself with you by the Holy Ghost. It's the year of God's favor. It's the year that God says, I accept you. See, if you read Isaiah 61, verse 2, it says, to proclaim the favor of the Lord and the day of the vengeance of our God. But we're not in the day of the vengeance of our God. Jesus didn't quote that. He didn't say that you're in the the day of God's vengeance. He said you're in the day of God's favor. Now, vengeance is coming. It's just not right now. Listen. God is not in heaven with an attitude, ready to smack some of y'all up. He's in heaven saying, I've got favor for you. Will you just receive my favor? Will you just receive my presence? He's got good for you. Verse 20, and he began to say to them, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus says to you, he says to them, all that that you just heard, that's about me. Because I'm a set to captives free, 
The poor are going to get news. The oppressed are going to get free. The blind are going to see. And you're going to experience God's favor. When Jesus shows up and he begins to heal the multitude, they're experiencing God's favor. He came to heal the brokenhearted. He came to heal the injuries in our hearts. And I believe that we can receive the empowering by the same spirit Jesus was empowered with by believing at least four truths. The first truth is Jesus is empowered by the spirit. The second truth is Jesus is anointed to bring release. You don't have to be bound. And Jesus' words still have power. Finally, Jesus desires that we receive the samest promise, the same promise of a loving father. His desire is that you receive the same spirit that he has. That's right. Acts 1 and 8 says that when, and he should, when he comes upon you, the Holy Spirit, you will receive power and you'll be my witnesses. He wants you to receive dunamis. He wants you to receive miraculous power, miracle working power. And in other places, you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more your Heavenly Father will give the gift of the Holy Spirit to those who ask? He wants you to experience himself. Jesus needed the power of the Spirit. Reminded of the story of R.T. Kendall, pastor, writer, prophet, very much of an apostolic voice. He makes a statement. He says, it seems to to us that there has been a silent divorce in the church. Speaking generally between the word and the spirit. When there's a divorce, some children stay with the mother and, and some stay with the father. In this divorce, there are those who are on the word side and, and those who are on the spirit side. And you know, we start having arguments, you know, like the spirit people, they wacky, the word people, they dry. That's what we do. We start arguing. But Jesus is both spirit and word. He is word and he is spirit. He is the spirit empowered word. So we don't have to choose. We just need to unite, conjoin this truth. to unite what was once separated, that we would be people of the Spirit and we would be people of the Word. <laughs> of his disciples, he would look for deacons and, the, and he would say, find me a man that's full of the Spirit and full of faith. Well, how does faith happen? Faith comes by hearing, full of the Word. Yes. Be Spirit and Word people. And I believe that there are at least four kinds of people in the room today and Jesus wants to meet your need. There are those of us in the room that are still in Egypt needing a deliverer. Egypt is a type of the world and Pharaoh is a type of the devil. And Jesus is here to set you free. And then there's a second group of folks. Amen. It's those that have settled in the wilderness. You are saved, but you haven't crossed over into the promise. Some by choice, 
others just because they didn't know. Listen, God has a promise for you. And the promise is the promise of his spirit. You cross the Red Sea, leaves Egypt, but to cross the Jordan is to receive the promise. It's deliverance from the bondage of Egypt and it's walking in the promise. And number three, there are those that have crossed the Jordan but want to drink more from the river. Listen, God does not want you to be physically free and mentally and emotionally enslaved. He doesn't want you enslaved to fear, bitterness, disappointment, unbelief. The wilderness is not your final destination. God has promised for you. So would you lift your hands to him? Lift your heart to him. You're lifting your hands is uncomfortable. Just lift your heart to him. Sing it. Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory. To be by your one last time. In the Holy Spirit, you are. That's your prayer. So, Lord, I receive everything. Our hearts to be by your presence, Lord. We need your presence. We long for your presence. You're my desire. You're my desire. You're my desire. Oh, yes. And so, Father, we pray. God, I pray for these that are yours, that you will snatch those from the grip of the enemy, Lord that you're still doing good, healing all those who are oppressed of the wicked. God, heal hearts, heal bodies, heal emotions. God, cause your spirit to breathe over us. Even now, I pray in the name of Jesus. God, may we be recipients of your grace. God, may we drink more and more from your river. Pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 If you are one of those that want prayer, we will have some people here to serve you. God bless you. Happy Mother's Day. Have a super Sunday.